I'm going to ask you, if you will, to open up in your Bibles to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. You probably, if you have been in, in church from any length of time, you, you recognize this psalm. This is uh, a very well-known psalm. This is when King David was approached by the prophet Nathan and he called him out for his sin with Bathsheba and all of the mess that is entangled in that affair. After being, uh, after Nathan confronted him with that sin, Psalm 51 is David's response of repentance to the Lord. And so David is going to come to the Lord and I want you to listen to his words and I'll describe to you why we're in this why we're in this text and where we're going today. And so if you will, look with me at at verse one. David says to the Lord, have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And King David says this, he says, and my sin is ever before me. It's always here. He says, against you and you only have I sinned. Now, we know he he sinned against Bathsheba. He, He sinned against her husband. He sinned against God's people. But he says, ultimately, I sinned against you, God. And I've done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Verse five, listen to these words. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. He's not saying that my mom did something sinful and that's where I came from. He's saying that when I was born, even in the womb of my mother, I had the nature of a sinner that was placed in me came from Adam directly to me in the womb. Look at verse eight. He cries out, he says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. I wanna wanna remind you today that what the Lord crushes, he desires to create something new. In our hearts, when we look at a passage like this and a cry out for repentance and faith, we need to understand that when the Lord crushes, he creates. That when the Lord breaks, he does it that he might bless us. Bless us with his saving grace and restoring power. Verse nine, hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. I was reading this and this morning, 
the Lord really spoke to my heart. I, I read this over and over and over again. I, I've been reading it for a couple of weeks and, and just every time really I go to God's word, I open up Psalm 51 and I read it. And in fact, there was something that happened a couple months ago that led me to Psalm 51 and it's just kind of continued. But the more that I have read it, the more that something has stood out to me and no more uh, then this morning did it stand out and I went over to Keith's office to make sure I wasn't crazy and, and, uh, and, and proclaim this to him. But what I said was this, how audacious is it that David claims that God's love could be so great that he could blot out his sins? Like this is David, this, this, is, this is before, like he doesn't know that Christ dies and raises from the grave. David is so near to the heart of God that he has the audacity to say, hide your face from my sins, blot out my transgressions, create in me a clean heart. Do you understand how much King David knew the heart of God? And the reason why we say this and the reason why I point that out is if, if David had that audacity, how much more should we claim the promises of God and cling to the mercy and the grace and the love and the patience and the forgiveness of God? David knew of God's love. He heard of God's love. We church have seen it. We've seen it in Christ Jesus died in our place and he rose to give us life. And he promises that by looking and receiving the gift, it's ours. So listen, today we are going to come to the word of God and we're gonna to desire to cling to what it is that David was clinging to that day, the steadfast love of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord, the patience of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord. We know that his heart for us is to forgive us of our sins and to set us on our feet to a life of power and a life of love and a life of freedom and abundant life. That's what he desires. The goal of today is this, is that everyone, that everyone here, no matter what your age, what, what age you are today, everyone would leave this place renewed and refreshed by the gospel of Jesus. I, I believe that for all of us, that is going to involve some level of repentance. I, I think that's fair to say. I, I believe some level of repentance is gonna be had today. Repenting, turning to Christ I know for me, that's been the case already this morning. Turning to the Lord and just receiving his gift and walking in it. That's what we want to do today. The goal is that, that everyone in this place, everyone in this house, that you'd walk out of here restored and refreshed. I believe that God can restore and refresh everyone here today. Now, today is Senior Adult Sunday. Uh, what that does not mean is that if you are below a particular age that you can check out this morning. It does not mean that. The message today is for everyone. Once again, I desire everyone to walk out of here refreshed and restored, and that's including me. God's been doing that to me all morning. But in particular, we are going to speak directly to 
the senior adults. And, and senior adult is an interesting uh, title, you know, because there's different definitions of what that is. Okay, and so if you want to know my working definition this morning, it, it, it is this, is, is if, I'm really thinking more, if you're 65 and older, okay, so if you're 66 today and you're like, seriously, Colby, look, yes, I love you, okay? I mean, like, like I, I want you to understand, it, this could be, for some people say, you know, whatever age, 55, some people say 60, some people say it's the uh, 72, the, the uh, average age that America thinks it is is 74, Okay, so that, that's, that's what America studies show. But today, just understand, when I say senior adults, I am really talking to those who you're at a place in life where you have retired, you uh, are about to retire, and you're looking at that next season of your life. And for some of you, you may be much younger uh, than older. We have people in, in here that are in their 90s. Uh, that this certainly applies to, and we have people that are in their uh, 60s that I believe this applies to, and you're in various uh, places in your life. And, and, and so that's when we say senior adults, that's what we mean. But we want to honor you and celebrate you today. And also, I want to speak to you in such a way with God's word that you're edified, that I believe you're transformed, that you're restored, that you're renewed. And so that's what we're going to do uh, today. And so what I want to give you is, is this, seven areas, seven areas that as a 33-year-old pastor, and by the way, I know I am missing it all over the place. Okay, I get it. I get it. I know. But seven areas that by God's grace, he has allowed me, I believe, to have insight, and these are all in general's statements, but seven areas where it appears that senior adults most struggle. And where today you need to hear the gospel spoken into your life, that in those areas where maybe Satan desires to come in and use his craftiness to distort you or to push you off the path that God has for you, or maybe it's the flesh that you desire to, uh, to fight against God's will for your life in these areas. I want to, with boldness and unapologetically, speak truth into your life today. So that's what we're going to do. So seven areas. And, and this is going with our passage, our main verse is 12 today. Restore to me the joy of salvation. I believe there are people in this room who you need to have the joy of your salvation restored. And here are several ways, seven different areas of how to live in the joy of Christ's salvation in the midst of, number one, if you'll look at your outline, loneliness. Loneliness. Now, you will recognize as soon as I say loneliness, that loneliness is not just something that uh, exists in the life of senior adults. In fact, all ages can struggle with loneliness. My sweet little Annie Ruth is never really alone, but she struggles with loneliness if Lucy does something that's not with her. Okay? And so we have different things that we speak into her life today uh, regarding loneliness. But there are many of you in this room who loneliness looks and feels like this is that you miss your spouse. You miss your family. You miss your friends. You miss what you used to know and now you feel in so many areas you feel alone. And it's really easy, I think, 
to be me at this point because I'm going to give you what we might even in a joking way say, oh, the Sunday school answers. I'm going to give you the Sunday, Jesus. You know, I'm going to give you Sunday school answers. But I want you to know there are Sunday school answers for a reason. It's because they're true. And they've been repeated through the ages. And we need to hear them today. Sometimes the, the most simple truth, the thing that we knew all along is the thing that we weren't believing when we came in the room. And so I want to speak to you who, who today, you, you struggle with loneliness. You feel alone. I want you to hear exactly what you would think I would say, and it's this, is that God's with you. God is with you. All across the room, no matter what the level of loneliness is, I want you to hear, if you are God's child, listen, he's with you. He promises to be with his people. I I think about several different uh, verses for this, but let's just look at a couple. Look with me at Isaiah chapter 43. You can just flip there. You can just listen really well. but, But here is Isaiah 43, verse 1 through 3. God's word says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. He says, I am with you. Why is he with us? Verse 4, because you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. I love you. I think of all of the really promises of God are a promise of him proclaiming to us, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we know this and we sing this and we proclaim this all of our life. But oftentimes it appears that when we find ourselves alone, it's hard to believe it. And sometimes you need someone other than you proclaiming into your heart and saying to you, you, my brother or my sister, you are never alone. You're never alone. We know this because God loves us so much that he pursued us. He came for us in Christ Jesus. He died and he rose from the grave and he has now given us his very spirit. He places his spirit in us. God is with you. In the day that you feel alone, in the day that you feel forgotten, in the day that you feel abandoned, remember that God loves you so much that he was abandoned for you. He was, became lonely so that you may never be left alone. A couple of truths to walk away from in regards to loneliness is this, is that we must cling to the good news, the gospel, that God is with us. But there's a second, and it's this, is we must cling to the good news that God has provided all of us family. God has provided all of us family. It is God's heart in Genesis chapter 2 that, that man should not be alone. And that is still what God desires. God is a God who even within himself, there is relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. 
And he creates us with a need for uh, relationships. And in the church, we are given by faith family. I want to read for you (coughs) out of the book of Mark, chapter 10, starting in verse 28. I want you to hear this. This is at the end of the passage of the rich young ruler. Peter is very concerned and he begins to speak uh, to, to the Lord. And he says, see, Jesus, we have left everything and we followed you. I want you to hear what the Lord says. He says, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake or for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. He doesn't say later. He says now in this time, like today, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children's children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Listen, he is saying to the person who you say, I feel lonely. He is saying to you this. Meet your new brother, meet your sister, meet your mother, meet your family, meet the church. This is God's instrument to be with you and comfort you and speak truth into your life and to love you. This is a people who will never replace who it is that you miss. But this is a a people who God has given to us to love us and care for us and spur us on. So to you church, if you are lonely, listen to me. Understand the good news that God is with us and understand the good news of his church, God's people. Secondly, uh, another area that, that just in, in general, I, I just hear this all the time when I, when I try to get into the lives of our senior adults and, and it's the, the, the struggle of pain Struggle of pain. I mean, and I, there's, you get no jokes from me this morning. I, I'm being serious. How many of you would say, I mean, like you, every single day in some way you struggle with pain? Raise, raise your hand. Raise, raise it high. Raise it high. Okay. I mean, across the room, there are people every day you struggle with pain. When, when I struggle with pain, I get a little angry. Okay. Does anybody get like that? Like you get a little frustrated when you hurt? Okay, I I really believe that there are many people in this room that that if you're honest, you say, yeah, I'm honestly walking around frustrated a lot of the time because of the way I feel. I want to feel better. I went to the doctor to try to feel better, but I don't feel any better. My, My leg hurts, my back hurts, everything hurts me right now. And that can just bum you out, okay? I, like, I, I know it from very you know, like small ways, like I, you hurt your back and you can't do the things that you could the week before and you're frustrated and sad, okay? You go through that for a, a decade. I, I would imagine it just gets more frustrating because there's things that you could do that you can't do. There's things that you want to do that you're not able to uh, do at this point. And, and pain can just be such a frustrating thing for brothers and sisters that I'm close to here. I'll ask you how you're doing. And, and you don't give me just the little shallow answer. Like you don't say like, I'm good. You're like, I'm in pain. You know, I'm hurting. My back hurts. My head hurts. I, I mean, and I appreciate that. And, and, and the reason why is this, that's real life. That's real life. And here's the truth. We have a gospel that speaks into real life. 
We don't have a gospel that doesn't speak into areas that we actually deal with day to day. And if that's the kind of gospel you believe in and the kind of church that you're a part of is one that doesn't have anything to do with real life, that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is a real God who has the ability to speak into and care for us in real life. And so today, if, if you struggle with pain, and there's so many different kinds of pain, I get it. I mean, physical pain, emotional pain, social pain, there's all kinds of pain that we go through that can affect us. But what I want to say to you is this, a couple of truths. One is this, is that God in Christ, he took on pain in every way. Why? That he might remove pain forever from the lives of his people and comfort us in our pain today. Now see, one day he will literally just remove it. Romans, I mean, Romans, Revelation 21 says that there's a day when there will be no more pain. And and whatever kind of pain you got, whatever kind of pain you can throw at me on that, I'm gonna say, yeah, it doesn't exist. I mean, not not for God's people. It it won't exist anymore. Like it's gone. But as of today, we, we have hope, We have assurance of what he will do. We have assurance of his heart for us in our pain. And we also have promises of his comfort, of his comfort. And we must cling to the good news that God will one day fully remove the pain from the lives of his people. Uh, If we get this, I want to read for you a couple of responses that should come from our life. And And it doesn't matter the level of pain. Here's what God's word says. Romans chapter eight, verse 18. Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so he doesn't say, yes, God removed the pain from my life. He doesn't say that. He says, what I know is this, because I believe in an actual gospel, a real good news, because I believe in it, in this present time, even if I hurt really bad, even if I am suffering in my health or with persecutions any way in my life, if I am suffering, I can know that it's not worth comparing to the glory that is coming my way in Christ. I hope that's good news to you. It should be. If it's not, you don't, you haven't tasted and seen. Look with me one one more place. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because some of you, I mean, you really need to hear this. Listen to this first phrase. Verse 16 of chapter 4. So do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Brother and sister in Christ Jesus, do not lose heart. Listen to what God's word says. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Listen, I promise, I believe you. I'm, I, I am with you. I do not understand it. I'm not pretending to understand everyone's pain in the room. I'm not even close to that. All I'm saying is this, is that no matter how heavy it seems in comparison to what will come, it's light. It's light. 
The Lord loves us. He cares for us. And he is doing a great work in us to comfort our hearts. Uh, Make sure that there's a place in your life, that there's there's an environment in your life where that kind of truth can be spoken into your heart on a weekly basis. Because I mean, I want, I want you to be able to read and receive it yourself. But you know, as well as I know, that oftentimes when we are suffering, when we're struggling, it's really difficult for us to dig up the truth and apply it to our hearts. Uh, sometimes it's better for there to be someone that comes alongside us and speaks it into the depths of our soul. That's what we need. Have a place where that can happen. If you're not connected to a group of Christians, get connected, get connected. We need this. I also want you to think about all the people that you know, whether they're in a retirement home, assisted living, wherever they are. Think about the people that you know that they do not have a circle where they can have this kind of truth spoken into their heart. And let us speak it clearly to them. Number three, third area. And, and what this is, is these are areas that if, if we are off on them, if we are thinking wrongly in these areas, we will be lacking in joy. Okay? Number three, apparent loss of purpose. Apparent loss of purpose. Now, earlier I said, you know, I'm trying to find an age. And so I I threw out 65. 65 is really not an important age to call out today. What's important is this, is for you to understand uh, that that in my conversations with people, which is what I'm working with, it's personal encounters, it's one-on-ones, it's just listening to people. it, It appears that there are many people who after the age of retirement, it's like, a, it's like a, a season of life that is wonderful and it's very difficult at the same time. And so you've retired and maybe there has just been a series of events that's taken place in life, but, but maybe it is, I, I, I enjoyed my job, but it was just hard on me, uh, but I miss it. Okay, so I miss what I used to do and I I used to feel like very purposeful in my work and then now that I'm not in that place of work, I don't feel as purposeful. Maybe combined with that, there was a new uh, group of deacons that came on and the group of deacons were all in their 30s. And, and they came on and they were a little bit different in personality. Maybe they were a little bit louder. Maybe they had a lot more energy. And, uh, and, and for whatever reason, instead of me being excited about that, it really kind of, it bummed me out a little bit because it was like a new season of life where I wasn't in the role that maybe I once was or my voice didn't have the same weight as it once did. And there was times when my voice was used by God to help encourage great things in the church. And now I feel like my voice isn't carrying as loud. I I believe that happens. And I believe you can see that really across the board in different areas. And what I wanna speak to you is this, this morning is it's an apparent loss of purpose. 
But if we think we've lost purpose, sometimes we can be blinded to the great purpose and the path that God actually has for us in our lives. And we can miss out on ways and encouragements uh, that we can be in the church body. And so what I, what I wanna say to you is, this is that the more that I, I study and the more that I look at just what's happening in our nation and even what's happening in our church and what's happening in our city, there is an increasing number of senior adults, an increasing number of senior adults. There are so many reasons for this. Uh, some of this is just the great medical care that we have. Okay, so, so things that, that you wouldn't have lived as long as uh, that we do now, we couldn't have 50, 60, 70 years ago, and there, there's longer life expectancy. And so part of it is we have a, this, this larger group of people who fit into a category of senior adults. And here's what's awesome about the group of people. One, you have wisdom. Two, for a lot of you, you have time. You have time. Now, you may not feel like you have time, but let me tell you two groups that are in our church that have time, and they may not realize they have time. Senior adults and college students. Both of which college students think they have no time. They're positive they don't have time, but yes, you do. Okay, you have time, I promise. All right, you have time. And, and for senior adults, now there's a, there's a point when you may get to where time doesn't seem as effective because of some of the things we've already talked about. I mean, I, I get that. But as a whole and in a general way, listen, you have time. It's a special season of life. The average time that somebody spends in retirement has gone in the last 50 years. It has moved from four to five years of time from when somebody retires until when they go to be with the Lord. Now the average age is 20 years. So 20 years of retirement is normal. That's average in our culture. And I wanna speak to you about retirement real quick because I think that has to do in some ways with a loss of, uh, of uh, or apparent loss of purpose. I want you to know this. We, we, should, uh, we, we should celebrate you and who you are, we should also mobilize the mess out of you, okay? I don't know a better way to say it. We need to mobilize you for the kingdom of God. I, I wanna give you a verse. This is from Psalm 71, and I want you to uh, see the connection here. Psalm 71, verse 18 says, so even to old age and gray hairs, which by the way, last week I found two gray hairs in my beard, and it made me so happy. I didn't wanna shave it because I felt like I was more wise. And, uh, and, and my kids got upset about it. Catherine was happy for me that I felt so happy. But then finally she was like, how long are you gonna let your mustache grow, Colby? So I, so I cut it uh, and it's gone now. But I had two gray hairs last, last week. So be in prayer for me about that. I'm ha I, I was more happy than I should be. Okay, here we go. Uh, so even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me. Listen to this. Until I proclaim your might, to another generation, your power to all those to come. What a bold, grand purpose. Like, I mean, he is saying at this season of my life, 
I'm not down. At this season of my life, I want to see this as a way to proclaim your might. Even if I feel weaker than I was, is that not actually to my advantage in proclaiming the gospel? When I am weak, then I am strong. Is this not exactly what the Lord has put me here for to proclaim his glory? I I believe so. I believe that what we can do is we can use this verse, draw a blank with it and say something along the lines of this. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I, and draw a blank, until I visit every single person that is on our list that we get on Wednesday nights, until I Uh, write letters to every compassion child that we have until I get into the lives of people who are a generation under me, two generations below me, and I encourage them. I tell them about places that I missed it and I help lift them up so they won't do the same. I show them places where I made it and I help to guide them on their journey. I, I mean, until I draw the blank, I mean, fill in the blank. Don't draw the blank. That's silly. Fill in the blank. Couple of areas I might throw out there. Nam, IMB. There are nations who have never heard. There are people who are unreached. Is it possible that your retirement age, the season of your retirement, will best be used away from here on the mission field? Is it possible, like we encourage college students, give up a summer? Is it possible that you give up a summer, give up a fall, give up maybe that, uh, that time that you have? Give up something for something greater than yourself. And also, enjoy retirement. That's easy for me to say at 33. Enjoy retirement. But listen, can I, as a 33-year-old, say, Live it up and enjoy it. Celebrate it every day. Have fun. Travel the world and make much of Jesus. Serve this church. And also, can I say thank you for how you do? Number four. Number four. We've got to move really quick. Guilt. Now, I don't know how many people struggle with that in the room, but I would imagine that there are some of you that say, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would not have done that. If only I would have spent more time with my kids. If only I would have spent more time with my grandkids. If only this would have happened or that would have happened. If I wouldn't have done this with my spouse, if I would have done that instead. And you struggle with that kind of guilt. I want you to know there's a couple of kinds of uh, guilt. One is a godly grief and godly grief always leads to God's glory and repentance. Okay, like it's a good thing. It's kind, it's, a, it's an act of kindness where we turn to the Lord and, and, and we grieve rightly over sins. We deal with consequences. There's another way that is destructive and it's when we allow a wall to go up in our life because of it and we can't move past ourselves. That's not okay. I want to free you up. Once again, as a 33-year-old who has very little experience in life, I, I want to free you up in saying this. I even know there is no perfect parents in this world. I even know there's no perfect spouse in this world. There's no perfect employee. There's no perfect person in this world. There's no perfect church member. We're not perfect people. 
We are people who God loves and cares for and forgives by his grace. We're a people who Satan desires to come alongside us and still kill and destroy our joy in our life. But Jesus Christ comes and offers us life in abundance. Do not let guilt or regret plague you. Instead, believe in the forgiveness and the grace of God and know that he loves you and cares for you and that he has purpose and plans for even even your mistakes. Look with me at number five. A fight for contentment. A fight for contentment. All all I want to say to this is is it it appears, and once again, this is just a kind of a general thing, but but that it's it's easy for uh, there to be open-handed struggles to get in the way of close-handed purpose, okay? And so, for instance, it, it, may, be, it, it may be something with music in the church. It could be uh, different styles of something. It could be whatever it might be, but contentment issues. This isn't what it once was. It's not like it used to be, and therefore, it really builds up a, a wall, and it appears to be generational. Well, let me just say to you this, just a simple... Nobody in this room, everybody in this room doesn't have to agree on everything. In fact, we're not going to, and that's not what unity is. What unity is, is that even when we're going to differ on some open-handed issues, we're going to be connected and unified on a close-handed gospel. And I believe that's the case across the room. I just want to encourage you that true contentment is going to be found not in getting something to look like it might once had, but it's contentment in resting in the gospel of Jesus and what he's doing in his church. If we're not careful, we'll have a wall up here and we'll miss the great work that he's doing around us and all around the world. And that's not just uh, for any senior adult, that's for everybody. If we're too focused on what he's not doing or we feel like he's not doing in front of our face, we'll miss what he's doing all around the world, okay? Last two, and we'll put them together, change and fear, change and fear. These are, these are two areas that they, they do go together well. Change is hard for anybody and, uh, and fear is easily connected to change. And so when there's something that we don't know, when there's the unknown, oftentimes fear can creep in. And, and just from conversations, Stuff that we see, you know, the amount of time, a lot of times that you spend watching the news or watching TV, it can creep in. It'll be the amount of time that you think about it too, okay? And so the fears that we have and the troubles that we have and the things that we're concerned about can oftentimes keep us from delighting in the joy that is in our salvation. And, and I want you to know this is, is that of all the things that there are to fear, God's goodness, God's sovereignty, God's mission being accomplished is not one that we should fear. Uh, There was about 1,500 years where the Romans just dominated all of the world. In fact, they tried to get rid of Christians, and they they did a really good job for a long time. For 1,500 years, they were in power. But let me tell you, today, if we had enough money and we could get on a plane and we could fly over to Rome, we could go on a tour of the Colosseum because now it's just a monument that you go in and you can hear about stories of what used to happen because God's bigger than any nation. God's bigger than any group of people who are against his people. God is sovereign and God is good. And there is in Christ, there is nothing to truly fear but God himself. If we can see that 
and we can cling to that truth, our fear will be removed. Our, our fear, if anybody struggles with a fear of death, fear of judgment, those kind of things, the gospel of Jesus, cling to it, believe it, and know that salvation and grace and acceptance and love is yours. It's yours. I want to ask if uh, Jennifer, if you would to come up. And as you do, I, w- I want to leave everybody with uh, this. At the, at the end, I want to leave you with how we as a church can, can better spur on our senior adults. And senior adults, I hope, I hope that you hear this and you understand uh, my heart. And this is comforting to you and encouraging to you. Four ways that we can encourage you as we leave. Listen, number one, learn to honor. Learn to honor. Uh, in, in scripture, you see this in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5. He says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. He doesn't say treat everybody the exact same. Now we partake of the same gospel, but he doesn't say just treat everybody the exact same. That's not what he says. In fact, it's very apparent in God's word, in God's church, that generation gaps are wonderful and necessary and appropriate. And so I would say this to an older saint, please honor them. Really, honor them. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you don't agree with something. I mean, honor them. Honor them. And I I believe, man, for so you're so worthy of being honored. And and, and for the uh, older saying, I would say this see grace in the younger. See God's grace in the younger saint. Like the younger saint may not agree on everything. They may not see things the exact same. But listen, if God loved them so much that he sent his son to die in their place and he rose from the grave, he gave them life and they're living in his spirit, honor that, celebrate that. What a great work God does in his church. But listen, learn to honor. Secondly, learn to listen. Everybody's got a story and people have really cool stories. Learn to listen, learn about people, find time. If you don't know a lot of our senior adults, pursue somebody and annoy them until you get their story. Follow them around and bug them, okay? (laughs) Buy them coffee, buy them bread. I don't care what you do, like bug them until you hear their story. They're wonderful. They're cool. They have so much more wisdom and life and and so many of us. Listen, I I was in a study the other night. There were four couples. One was married 71 years, right here, okay? Uh, Herbert and Dot. Two were married 65 years. One couple was married 55 years. If you can't, as a married person, learn from them, it is your fault, okay? That is your problem. It's not theirs, it's your fault. Okay, learn to honor, learn to listen and learn to speak gospel truth into the lives of people who maybe you're intimidated by, maybe they're older than you, maybe you think like Nathan who couldn't have wanted to go to King David and speak truth to him, but he did. Imagine if you are the instrument that God will use to speak life-giving truth into the life of a senior adult today. Imagine that. Learn to speak truth and finally learn to love well. Let us 
pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your word today. Lord, may you use it.